with fun people. Friends. 2 a.m. Uh, we hung out till like 4.30. It was like 1.30. We hung out for like three hours after you left. You're an adult, Jay. I didn't know that was the plan. I just said, hey, we're going to hang out. And I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, Maddie, Maddie <laughs> came in. It's not enough to just hang Kevin. out with us? Maddie came in with Kevin. Well, Kevin took the Bud Light out of his fanny pack and started drinking. Oh, my Bud Light. Uh, my Bud Light fanny pack. Woo. And then Maddie's like, let's play some Taboo. I was I, I was about ready to okay, go to bed. I'm like, all I'm right, really let's glad do it. I didn't stay. We dominated. It was amazing. <laughs> I we, did, we didn't actually play. We didn't I would have had a play. stupid team. <laughs> we we make sure to put Jay on the stupid team. Right, Kevin? Well, who would have been the stupid team, Jay? You want to name names? Ooh. Okay, maybe oh. not. Maybe not. <laughs> and with that, there was six people there. Let's get into the show. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, NerdWave podcast. This week, going to be doing something uh, that we haven't done yet so far, and that's a movie review. Uh, we all saw Sonic over the last weekend. We had some thoughts, so... Maybe we should just get right down into it. I'm Kevin, by the way. You probably know that after the first two episodes. And who do I have with me, guys? Mayamo J. Mayamo Bobby. This isn't a bilingual podcast. I'm not going to be able to keep up. I don't Are know, you saying our listeners? Bi. It's like Yo no mono in with a little mono point. I don't know. One Are point, you... one language. Are you saying our listeners won't speak <laughs> that in language? Why don't you speak binary, Jay? <laughs> Zero one dot. Uh, there's no dots in there. <laughs> zero one zero zero so, zero one zero zero one. So you're not fluent. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah. And Bobby, did you introduce yourself? If uh, not, I just did. So Lamo Bobby. I'll, I'll say it again. Lamo. Yeah. yeah. He's a male llama. <laughs> All right, guys. So we saw we saw Sonic over the weekend. Um, so let's just talk about some stuff that we liked, disliked. Um, spoiler free for the first half of this. Um, then we'll move into more spoilery stuff if necessary. Um, so why don't you start, Bobby? What did you like about the movie? Uh, I thought uh, one of the things I thought was really good, because obviously it's a real person working with a green screen for the most part. Uh, I thought the chemistry between James Marsden's character and Sonic was actually quite good. You know, you see a lot of stuff with uh, like the Hobbit movies and the um, the Star Wars prequels where they work with you know animated characters and you can kind of see the quality suffer you didn't actually see that in this movie which i thought was a huge plus for it hmm what about you jay what did you like about the movie um i liked um honestly i like sonic's personality it came off a lot like the old cartoon and some of the video games i can't remember the actor's name the guy that is uh, john ralphio he was ben, pretty good ben Schwartz. yeah i liked him a lot i think he was uh gave the character a lot of personality uh james marston was really good too and like Bobby said, the acting between um, a CG character, it didn't really seem like they were staring at a tennis ball on a stick like they do in all the rest of the movies. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty seamless. A lot of the characters, though, um, seemed kind of unnecessary. Robotnik was We're just really talking about stuff we like right now, Jay. We'll get into the stuff we don't well, like. I, I, just I like that they were necessary. Oh, okay. In that case, continue. My apologies. I'm done now. Okay. <laughs> I'm done now. Um... <laughs> All right, sorry to step on you like that. But, uh, yeah, for me, what I liked was the visuals. I thought it was actually a really good-looking movie. Um, a lot of the special effects, especially after the redesign, because originally, man, Sonic was rough, but he looks oh, great. He looks great in the movie. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the uh, uh, the relationship between the two characters, um, James Marsden character and uh, Sonic. But 
I did think that the uh, the dialogue left some stuff to be desired. But that was just – I was trying to put myself into the mindset of, of like, a kid that would watch this movie because I don't right. think we're really the ones that are supposed to be seeing this. <laughs> so, you mean um, three people in their 30s aren't the target demographic? Which is which is weird because we're the ones who were playing the games when they were new. So <laughs> well, I also watch people play the games. My aunt <laughs> had her boyfriend Sega there, and she would never let me play it unless he was there, and he was never there. <laughs> so anytime I asked to play Sega, she's like, nope, you can't touch it. And then she'd play it in front of me. That's <laughs> so mean. Wow. So this turned into a, a therapy session. How did that make and, you feel, Jay? That made me feel really, really uh, bad. <laughs> I buried those emotions. Well, that long pause for bad was, Dramatic effect. was awesome. You, know uh, how to, you really know how to build... I think I have more suspense. It grew it grew into apathy after a while. Yeah. <laughs> well I, I played played the games a lot when I was a kid. We had a we had a Genesis. I wasn't a Nintendo guy. Um so I played Sonic a lot. It was fun. Um until you get to the water level. And then that then it gets really bad. Um really tough. But it's like in any game. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, back to the movie. Um Yeah, it it was kind of I thought Jim Carrey was really good too. Um, he was kind of a, a mixture of Ace Ventura and the Riddler, um, especially. Um, I'll try and be as spoiler free as possible, but um, especially when he's like interacting with his technology in, in his uh, in his like high tech trailer, really, really fun. Um, he was very showy. It was yeah. It was a chance for him to really just let loose. It seemed like, and and he seemed like he was enjoying doing doing that kind of stuff. Um, He's such a physical actor, and it's it, it yeah. really lets him shine when he gets to use that. Right. Yeah, it was very um, Batman when he was a uh, Riddler. Very, very much that. Like his body language, just the way he used his body for everything. It was, it was in all his movements. His whole body would be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He was. He's very, very animated, which goes goes along well with the cartoony um aspect of the of the show or of the movie mm-hmm. because it is basically just a cartoon with some live action people in it um which how how often do they do that kind of thing in movies where there's just one cgi character for you know the entire film and it's the main character yeah it's a good question i can't even really i mean, get too many off the top of my head roger rabbit was probably the first one to do it which is but he was he wasn't the movie. only one though there were several True. True, but that was the first time where they blended in an animated character. But just with, uh... imagine how hard that was, because Roger Rabbit was done on cells. He was drawn. He wasn't yeah. a CGI character, so exactly. I mean, there wasn't. I mean, obviously there was an actor there to play his parts, so that you know you saw where someone was looking and the interactions looked real. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it was. I mean, that was. I mean, that, think about it. How when that was done, that was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great movie. We should do a review of that someday. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. <laughs> put it out right now <laughs> bye guys let's see if we're talking about more of the more of the good um you know the last time we did a um we did a top video game movies review or you know t- i guess review yeah and i think this would have topped my list had i seen it before we did that uh i think it was a fun movie that didn't really have a lot of down parts um, it wasn't great at any point, but it also wasn't bad at any point. I think it was enjoyable throughout and just, it, it held my attention, which that's, it sounds like a small thing, but holding somebody's attention in a movie is, is a pretty big thing to do these days. So I actually have my list up 
right here from that episode. And if you haven't uh, listened to that one, you <clears> go check it out. But I'm not sure that it would top my list. It would definitely, I think it would crack the top five. Um, but yeah. I don't think it's more entertaining than, than Doom was just because I love the actors in that movie. That's true. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely one of the better ones out there. And the fact that it's getting a lot of uh, financial success right now, um, that's that's a good sign for the genre. We may get remakes of ones that did not do so well, like uh, like Mario, obviously. Probably oh, the man. biggest example of that. Um, so yeah, it's a good sign. Um, and we could always use some more nerd stuff out there especially for what we're trying to do. <laughs> so, especially when they actually seem like they're going to want to do it, you know, they're going to put some effort into it and not make it this cheesy, you know. Yeah, it's thing. not going to be uh, an ooh bull movie. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is by no means a serious movie. It is very cheesy. Um, but yeah, but they so tried. I see your point. Yeah, they it's actually not a tried. Tax tried. Dodge. Right. Exactly. There was uh there was actual effort put into the writing and the acting and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, pleasantly surprised for sure. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys liked about it? Uh, let's see. I, I think James Marsden was a fun choice. As what was his name Tom? I, I don't really remember. I, I don't so. really remember the yeah. So the the, make, the donut lord spoilers. Donut lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think James Marsden. I think he's a very charismatic actor. Um, I think he played the role as well as anybody would have. Um, and I think he he and Ben Schwartz uh, had a lot of chemistry. Again, even without being able to work with each other one on one. Again, it was very kiddish, but obviously that seemed to be the uh, that seemed to be the people that they were going for, the target audience. So it makes sense. It just I would have liked to have seen a little bit more adult humor, but I guess that's not really something that they were going for anyway. Yeah, unless anybody else has anything to add about what they liked about it. Did you have something to say, Jay? Uh, I, I mean, I just go back to the fact that I like that they they put the effort again into creating a whole new Sonic after obviously miserably failing with the first iteration of him. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was very encouraging because we... Well, I wasn't super vocal about it at the time, but I remember looking at that original trailer and I was like, it's kind of ugly, um, and you know the media out- or the uh, the internet outrage really, uh, really act- well. It worked essentially, and it got the got the job done. So that's a good thing. They were listening, which well, is going to be good for when the inevitable sequel comes out. Because whatever complaints that people have out there now, mm-hmm. they're they're paying attention. So what's uh, interesting is I've heard some people say that it will. They put that out there intentionally and intentionally bad to make it seem like, oh, they actually listened to us, and then they put out the good one after, which I think is, would be an interesting um, pub- uh, publicity ploy because I didn't care about the movie before, like, even when I saw the first, you know, the first trailer for it, and I was like, I don't care. But then they, they redid it and actually got me a little bit interested in it. So if they actually did that on purpose, good for them. That's I think that's be very expensive uh, ploy to do. I mean, to sit on a movie for another almost year. Well, I mean, if they had well, to redo the whole thing, yes. But if they like, if they put out like a, you know, a fake bad one, just just to kind of see, I don't know. It's it's obviously not probable, but we've seen crazier things. It would yeah. really depend on what their marketing budget was in the first place. So if that was designed into their marketing budget, then obviously it worked. Yeah. It's a it's a big risk. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what if people don't say shit? <laughs> so <laughs> then you're like, oh well, we're, we just did all this work on this 
crappy design for what and then and then they just continue on with that for the rest of the movie yeah. maybe but <laughs> we'll get that with gi joe too we'll never know <laughs> i would i would say unlikely but interesting story um okay but yeah basically that's that's a good lead into well what i was saying before bobby brought up that that tangent thanks a lot bobby <laughs> um that would lead us right into what we didn't like about the movie and i'm not sure if we can really talk about what we didn't like about the movie without really getting into spoilers um so maybe let's just consider that the warning um for me the dialogue was really uh shallow um yeah it was there was a lot of missed opportunities for for funny jokes and like you said bobby um there was no there was really no adult humor whatsoever yeah Um, not even a little bit yeah so it wasn't i don't i don't know why they didn't try and at least get parents into into the mix too because it was so clearly made for kids um you gotta you gotta please the people that are bringing them (laughs) so uh yeah yeah, that was probably my biggest complaint is so many missed opportunities with humor um yeah it was it was a little rough very rough and then for me i guess (laughs) (laughs) um let's go back down to, to jim carrey um you know he's just a we know him as an over actor and that's what he does but I think a lot of times it's kind of awkward some of the scenes he was doing and some of his choices he made. I thought um, we were just getting um, recycled other characters a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. An amalgamation of his other yeah. characters. Like yeah, which I mean, uh, like I said, the Riddler. I mean, I, at the same time it worked, but at the same time it was kind of like, okay, show us something new. You know, maybe you know, do something a little different. But I mean, it's Jim Carrey. I don't know how many tricks he has in his bag. He's probably played them all. Um, well, I liked how he was super cartoony. It fit the tone of the movie. Um, but I remember when he was, when he first was introduced into the film, um, and this is probably the first spoiler. But he was just super mean spirited for like, and it was so jarring at first because I was like, this this character is going to be super annoying the rest of the freaking movie. Just the mm-hmm. way he was treating the the soldier or whatever, and it was just like why it's it's it was just so much so quick i was very confused at first um and eventually you get used to it and his ridiculousness is kind of you know it it ends up working out for the best i think um but his introduction was rough (laughs) for me personally what i thought was funny and i I would say this is a detraction from it is they had neil mcdonough in the in the movie who uh for any justified fans he's robert quarles and they had him say like four words and he was out of the movie. He said not... one word, stuttered it 20 times. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a star by any stretch, but why bring a recognizable actor into that role to literally have him in for nothing the rest of the movie? I just thought that was a really interesting thing to happen because I figured he'd be kind of like the, the, the foil to Jim Carrey's character like throughout the way. Maybe they fight, they struggle for power, but that didn't remotely happen. Yeah. yeah, that would have made it a lot more interesting. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, was there? What was the runtime of this of this movie? Because for me, it seemed really short. Um, because I know that they have a pretty developed friendship into a very short amount of time. Yeah, that and that's probably <laughs> the next thing that we could talk about is the fact that their relationship, although um, wasn't wasn't horrible, but it was it didn't seem very earned to me. Um, I might be the only one who who thinks that, but ah, I feel the same way. 
usually well, in these types of movies and i don't know mm-hmm. if it was intentional for them to to um not do that this time but in most of these types of movies where there's an unlikely coupling that becomes a friendship there's always a time where they argue or one loses trust in the other and then it has to be re-earned and that's usually uh, right before the big climax where they get back together and save the day or whatever that that does happen in this movie but it's so short and so it's like nowhere. a minute a minute long and it's such a at, like at a most. weird thing to fight about yeah then that's kind of why i was wondering about the runtime too because you you had mentioned it would be cool if uh if quarrels is um you know character was a foil to robotnik mm-hmm. but there wasn't enough time in the movie to for that to be developed and there definitely wasn't enough time for the friendship to be developed so how long is this how long is it's, it's an hour 40. 40 so not it's like not short but it felt way but it's not long so yeah. i don't know it just i i think nothing about this was for for anybody but kids so it's like anybody yeah. who knows anything about movies which i think the three of us know a pretty good amount we we noticed that there was just things off about it like from normal storytelling yeah. right right yeah because just to just to elaborate on that situation Sonic gets mad at uh, Donut Lord because he's leaving town by choice. He's leaving his home by choice, and Sonic had to leave his home against his will. So he's essentially jealous of uh, Donut Lord's situation and, and doesn't understand it, so he gets upset. Immediately after he brings it up, it's... it. Okay, so he... <laughs> so Robotnik's chasing them in a car, which is a pretty entertaining scene, um, yeah. Not not a lot of good punchlines that were thrown out on that point though, um, but really cool action. Um, they're they're arguing the whole time, so it's kind of like one of those funny scenes where like, do we really need to t- be talking about this right now? Sonic gets injured, he's revived, and then almost immediately apologizes for getting mad <laughs> yeah. for getting mad in the first place. It was so and rushed. There was nothing. That scene was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was it was one of the better scenes in the movie for sure. But the only thing that resolved that their issue was essentially time. Like there was no dis- further discussion about but it. You you talked about Martin... this in other movies. Check it's a check mark on the the checklist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it didn't seem like James Marsden character did anything to really earn the apology back from Sonic. It was just kind of like, oh, I'm there. I, I changed my I mind. I realized I was wrong. Yeah. Exactly. So that <laughs> for no was, reason. <laughs> that made the movie seem really rushed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Another thing that I thought was interesting is uh, so they're moving from a small uh, small town in Montana to San Francisco for him to be a big city cop, and they had a like a listing for apartments that they were looking at. So he's married to a veterinarian, and they were going to get a forty five hundred dollar a month apartment <laughs> in San Francisco on a cop and a veterinarian's salary. Vets make what pretty good hell? money, but. What she, the hell? There's no way she had any kind of clientele. <laughs> yeah, there's like one horse in the town. Yeah. And the, just bring up the other characters, that's one of the other characters. I was like, okay, what's the point of this character? Yeah, good point. And then also yeah. her sister, there's a the whole oh, thing. I'm not giving worst. that away. That You guys, that does not deserve no, to be spoiled. Everyone I think, needs to, no, I think I we need know. to give that away. I don't that's, know. Because <laughs> that was my biggest issue with the movie. It was baffling, we got to talk about is that. what it was. Go ahead and explain it, Jay. All right. So. Everyone's been warned. Everyone's been warned. Spoilers. James Marston's wife's sister is completely against them being married. Okay, so we're hoping maybe there's some side story, some backstory. Maybe she just doesn't think he's good enough for her because she left someone else for him. Or maybe he has some stored past that we don't know about. And so the whole movie, 
she's bad-mouthing him, telling him, I told you you should have left him. Uh, she's spelling out the word divorced in front of her young child. And, and then just being a complete bad example of just being a horrible person. And in the end, you never find out why she's like that. There's no yeah. reason for it whatsoever. And not only that, normally this type of character is introduced as a person that you're supposed to dislike. Um, right. And they get some sort of comeuppance. You know, and that doesn't really happen here. She gets tied up for a little bit, and then that's about it. She may have <laughs> had to pee her pants. Oh, yeah, or, yeah, or exactly. that person comes comes around, gets turned around, and they come to the other side and see the light and their error and their what their judgment. Right. Yeah. You know, and they end up loving the person, or something happens. So some resolution, but nothing. The, it's the weirdest the ex- part. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say it's almost the exact opposite as the assistant in Jurassic World, the first one. Who gets brutally murdered by the by the freaking whale dinosaur uh, for literally no reason? It's like right. that person got such a comeuppance for no for not doing anything wrong, and then this person is such a horrible human that she gets she may have to pee her pants. It's like it's so weird. The balance is just way off. So that that to me, and I don't know that actress. She may be a great actress. I don't know her her uh, filmography, but bad writing. It seemed to me like maybe that was a favor done for her. Like someone knew somebody. Like, hey, put put her in the movie. I don't want to disrespect the lady, but um, it seemed very tacked on, like last minute. Like, oh, let's we got to have one of these, uh, you know, characters who's just mean for no reason. The, it, or it or maybe if the resolution was edited out and we just didn't get to see it. Maybe it's a deleted scene. Yeah, but it's maybe. like the weirdest maybe. part for me is like, okay, so another spoiler here. James Marsden gets called a terrorist because he's, you know, he's got Sonic and they're going on their journey here. So Robotnik makes him look like a terrorist. And when the the sister-in-law learns about it, she's like, I knew it. I knew it. You never should have married him. Like you knew he was going to be a terrorist. <laughs> what the you hell? Oh, <laughs> All small town sheriffs have the potential, Bobby. Duh. That's true. Of course. Yeah, yeah it was. It, a, it was strange. It was that, was, that was. That uh, was. That was the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about the fact that there was no, like, not really that much of a plot to this movie, really either. Um, Very straightforward. Get, yeah. Like lose the rings. Get go on the journey to get the rings. Yeah. Go home. Decide to stay here. Well, let's go through that that timeline real quick because that's really when the plot gets going. Is when he when they meet and he loses his rings, right? After that, what do the rings do? We should probably okay. Yeah, so his uh, you know his rings that he's always known for having, uh, they're basically teleportation devices. So he thinks of a place he wants to go, he can throw them in the air, it opens a portal, and he runs through it, and then it closes behind him and disappears. Um, So they're like his prized possession, and there's his way out for every time he gets discovered on whatever world he's on. Um, so he's he's trying to get away from Earth and go to another planet when James Marsden's character shoots him with a tranquilizer gun. He drops his rings through the hole and they end up in San Francisco. That's So that brings their two storylines together. So now they have a common goal in getting to San Francisco, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's weak, but <laughs> that's that's essentially what they're doing. So after that, what what happens along the way? before getting to San Francisco. You have them stopping to, at that, like, biker the bar. Buck, the bucket biker list. Bar. Yeah, yeah, the bucket list. So thing. the bucket list. And then they have the car chase with the that big tank drone. And then... They meet at the house the, for the sister-in-law. Yeah, and then there's, like, the final battle. So there's essentially oh, pretty quick. three things that happen in this movie. It doesn't... It's Again, it's for kids, but it just seems incredibly shallow in terms of what actually happens in this movie. It's very... Uh, very limited. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's like I, I just wish they would have done more with Jim Carrey. 
or any of the side characters. Like Jim Carrey had an assistant who he was sort of at odds with because I guess Jim Carrey's character is the smartest character or smartest person on the planet. And so everybody else is just garbage to him. And so he kept on like tormenting his assistant, but his assistant, uh, his assistant just allowed him to do it. Um, nobody really stood up to him, which again, Neil McDonough as the foil in the military would have been nice, but it's just, it's not that kind of movie, I guess. Well, there should have been more interaction between Tom and Robotnik too, mm-hmm. uh, because he has the phone call with him. Um, and, and that's like 10 seconds because they're, they're chasing the call or they're listening in on the call. Cause he calls back to his sheriff's, um, to a sheriff's station. Uh, and then Robotnik just grabs the phone from him and says, I'm pretty sure like one sentence before Tom hangs up on him. Yeah. And that's pretty mm-hmm. much it until they meet again at the very end in San Francisco. And then that's a very short interaction too. So he did they... punch him in his, uh, in his kitchen. <laughs> True. So that was actually a really good scene. I actually thought that was really enjoyable there back and forth there. So it made mm-hmm. me want more of it. And it just, it doesn't ever really come And you. And you don't get much of that with Sonic and Robotnik either. They don't have, it's very it's very strange. There's no there's no organic relationships between any of the heroes and the villain. It's very mm-hmm. it's very weird. And then the the villain also doesn't have a lot of interaction with his supporting roles or his supporting cast either, um, with the exception of making fun of his assistant every once in a while. Yeah. So yeah. that Which again a, seemed super limited. I think it's a shame too because when we did see interaction between Marsden and Jim Carrey, it was pretty good because it almost said like this Blumkin, the small um. Blumpkin. <laughs> Blumpkin? What's a small town Blumpkin, Jay, versus a big town Blumpkin? Small town Blumpkin. <laughs> how, many bl- how many Blumpkins can it be? Out, right? I'm not okay. Out. One, <laughs> two, three. A small nope. town Blumpkin nope. sheriff. Leaving it in. Matching wits with the, with the smartest guy on earth. And then I really enjoyed that because you could see Jim Carrey is kind of caught off guard um, by his wit. And it's like, kind of like, you know, almost. A clash of wills and um, I want to say intelligence, but you know, smarts. I don't know right. what's the other word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like James Marsden's character was more clever and and wily yeah. and and witty, and you know, Jim Carrey's character was just brute strength, strength smarts. You know, uh, that seems like an oxymoron now that I think about it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a cool cool dynamic for sure that I definitely wanted more of, and hopefully we get that in you know the eventual sequel. Spoilers. Um, I think we are into hard spoilers already. Yeah, we already so been, so we've put been a big label on the whole the title. Plot. Yeah, you get. I mean, we're we're going at. Uh, we're about twenty six minutes, and I think we did spoilers after five. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that ship has sailed. So okay, if, our show is spoilers. So one yeah. thing that I wanted to talk about, I, I read about this maybe a week ago, is that apparently Chris Pratt was actually supposed to be cast in James Marsden's role, but that ended up not happening. But I could totally see that, and I feel like it probably would have been a better fit to have Chris Pratt as the uh, as the Donut King or Donut Lord than James Marsden because he's just so much zanier and he just plays those roles so well. I'm Donut Lord, man. <laughs> I don't know if there is a substantial amount of uh, I don't know meat in this movie for Chris Pratt to sink his teeth into, um, if you know what I mean. Well, he may have been able to increase, you know it. His, I think that his comedic sense is probably better than James Marsden's. Yeah. Um, just from what I've seen on film. Uh, so maybe his ad-libbing would have added more to the character. It would have been a little bit more endearing. They probably would have been able to expand on it a little more. Um, so I think that 
that is a easy net gain when it, adding Chris Pratt to this role over over James Marsden. And I really like James Marsden. Oh, yeah, he uh, he was good in the role. I just think yeah. Chris Pratt would have been just better. And it's like you yeah. know, like I've heard so many stories on uh, Parks and Rec how he did he did things that weren't scripted and they were just hilarious. And yeah. then they ended up going with it. You know, I don't know how the direction was. I don't know how strict the director was for this movie, but you know, Chris Pratt he probably makes every movie he's in better. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's one of my favorite actors right now. So um, that would that would only be a plus. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about um, where? the sequel may go because there is there is a stinger after the credits or the mid-credits scene uh, where my favorite character because you know having an older brother i always had to be player two when i was playing these games so tails was my guy so tails shows up at the very end of this movie on earth through one of the rings and says um oh he's here and then flies off all fast um so obvious setup for the sequel um and then Oh, before that even, they show Robotnik on another planet in his more video game uh, faithful character design. It's so like a handlebar big... mustache. And it's in it's the trailer. Like so that's it's like a blown out mustache, like exploded <laughs> on the ends. It's like a right. chop. It's like a chopper, you know, like, yeah. like over and over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's bald too. So um, obviously he's going to be in the next one um, being a genius that he is. He'll figure out a way back home. Um, and then Miles is going to find Sonic. So what what do you guys think the dynamic between uh, Miles and Sonic's going to be? Like, do you think they know each other at all right now? Do you Copy think that... childhood friends. Like, that's that's the vibe that I got. I don't think so. Cause I think that it's going to be something like Sonic's a key, the key to something in terms of, yeah. like, saving like they've been uh, looking Tails for Planet. Or, yeah, they've for been looking for him all along. And I, I would be willing to bet that Miles, his name is Miles, <laughs> by the way, Miles Tails. <laughs> is his nickname but um i think that it's going to be uh more of like uh this guy needs it's going to be like the last jedi essentially where ray shows up to talk to um to luke and then um unlike luke sonic's going to be like sure because he's a good guy and he's not a piece of shit he's um, a hero <laughs> exactly so that's kind of where i think it's going to go i think that'd be that'd be a fun movie i wonder like what the or i wonder how robotnik would be put into that situation like if he would stumble upon it or if he would know something about it based on living in another world now so the way that the games are where you travel from like world to world that's i would assume it or i would be willing to bet that they're gonna make it like a a world jumping um type of movie where robotnik's gonna be chasing them from world to world um and it all in the um in the you know in getting revenge basically um, that'd be my guess. And then, so they have two opposing, uh, goals, Sonic and Tails trying to get back to wherever Tails needs him so he can save the day and Robotnik trying to follow them to these places to essentially kill him. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah, I think that'd be a pretty fun movie. It'd be interesting to see how the different worlds in the video games are, you know, shown on TV or on, on the big screen. I'm really waiting to see a lot of the other characters too. Um, some of them them are pretty cool like much more cooler than tails <laughs> how dare you he's the best character <laughs> how dare you well they definitely uh allude to uh whatever species knuckles is would you say he was an echidna yeah um there's this tribe at the beginning of the movie when, when you're on sonic's original world 
and uh they look very much like knuckles but with like masks and like um and some tribal. sort of clothing on yeah very tribal and they're chasing him and stuff so that's an obvious easter egg to to um to knuckles so i wonder if he's gonna have any kind of role in the next one or if they're gonna save that for maybe a. I don't know. I, my feeling is is that Sonic is key to something on his homeworld, and when he left, there's been an imbalance, and Tails is trying to get him back, and then that homeworld is pretty much like center central to those destined to um those teleporting rings, and that's what leads Robotnik to that planet, and then therefore, there's a whole situation there for the second movie. Well, I definitely go see it. Uh, this one was good. Like. This one, like I said, it it kept my attention the whole time, so I, I would give it about a six and a half to seven. But for a video game movie, that's that's basically like an A. So I would definitely see a sequel. Yeah, it's a perfect five out of seven. <laughs> five out of seven. What, what rating would you give it, Jay? I'm also giving it a seven. Seven out of ten. I was originally going to give it a seven out of ten, but I think now after we've talked about it, um, I'm going to give it a four. No, it's good. <laughs> I'll give it a. I think I'm gonna get it. Give it like a six and a half. Um, I think that the the dialogue being was a big issue for me. It did, it seemed very, um, very shallow. And I'm trying to get in the mindset of a kid as much as I can. But it just uh, it didn't it didn't hook me. Like I there wasn't a time where I was like, oh, that that was a really cool thing that they just did or a really cool thing they just said. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think six point five, six point eight range is probably what I would give it. Which well, is still were, great for a video game movie. Yeah, it's it's interesting because like um, when I saw Shazam, I I I saw it from a kid's perspective. I'm like, this is what I would have done as a kid, and it's like so I, I kind of understood it from that mindset. I didn't get that vibe at all with this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can make a movie geared towards kids, but still relatable and still good. Mm-hmm. This or still I guess great. This just wasn't that movie. It, this was ex- more than acceptable less than good this this to me almost felt like a almost like a tech demo you know like when when they'll release a video game that has a new concept and it's not very deep mm-hmm. um and then they'll expand on that for a sequel that's kind of what i think this movie was they were they were being very conservative very cautious on on what they were making in order to see if it would work in, in any sense and uh for what it was it, it it works and it makes me uh optimistic for the future but is it a mind-blowing movie, must-see movie. I'm not so sure. No. So that's why I would say it's it's barely passing uh, for me. So, anybody else have anything to add? Nah, that's just looking forward to hearing about the sequel. Yeah, that wraps it up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, the sequel may be out by Christmas. <laughs> if you <laughs> see the movie, you'll know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. So let's wrap it up. Uh, that was our review of Sonic the Hedgehog movie a definitely encouraging um go back into the video game movie genre um so yeah let's let's stay tuned for a sequel or other other movies that pop up as a result of this so yeah check us out uh leave what you thought of the movie in the comments let us know what you think about our thoughts um and hit subscribe for the next time so goodbye everybody if you got any cuffs send it my way i gotta send jail the guff this one didn't get away from me, but uh, some others will. Well, it's because we have the force to see it. But until yeah. next time, shred the gnar. <laughs> wow. So good. <laughs> see you next time.